1: Welcome, everybody. Welcome to SoCal Live. So good to have you with us today. We are glad to have you. My name is Ed Carlson. I'm going to be your host for the next couple days here. And uh, I just want to thank you for having uh, me. I want to thank you for listening to us on your radio. Maybe you're at work. Maybe you're at home. Maybe you're listening through the app. We want to thank you for listening to us. We are so glad. And we are here today to bring you a little bit of hope and a little bit of joy, but also at the same time to talk about some big stuff that's happening in our world, in your world. And uh, I want to welcome not only those in the L.A. area and also the O.C., but also welcome those that are listening uh, from KPRZ in San Diego. And uh, this show, SoCal Live, runs uh, every weekday from 3 to 5 p.m. And it reaches all the way from Camarillo, all the way down to San Diego, and even to a third of Mexico. And uh, many of our listeners don't realize that, but it's a big audience, so we want to welcome everybody out there. And this is a live show, which means we want to hear from you. We have some topics today that are going to... Maybe ruffle some feathers. Maybe there's some uh, topics today that are going to uh, really, you have something to say about it. And we want to hear from you. Uh, and so, as I said, I'm going to be with you next couple of days. And so we'd love to get to know you. We want you to call in. I want to give you that number right now so that you have it. But my number is 888. Uh, the number heres eight eight fifty two 888-52-TALKS. That's 888 You also uh, could email us. And if you'll email us, if you have a question, uh, you can email that at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. That's SoCal Live at kkla.com. And uh, if you want to do that, we will get your question on the air, or maybe even a comment if you don't want to be live on the air. But if you want to be live, we want to hear you, we want to have you. So call in and we will get you on the air. Uh, we hope that you feel encouraged today, as I said earlier, by listening. Um, but you know what? I hope as well that you are challenged uh, to think deeper. Um, My hope and prayer as well, and I know as well as KKLA's, is that you, uh, by listening to this show, that you draw closer to God by listening. Or maybe you don't have a relationship with God that perhaps maybe it it moves you to begin that conversation to uh, talk with somebody about God or talk to God himself because you can do that. But uh, if you are uh, listening to KKLA all the time and it's a blessing to you, we'd love to hear from you. I uh, would love for you to go online and uh, go to the KKLA website and drop a note. Uh, let us know how KKLA blesses you in, in, uh, each day. And that's our prayer. That's our motto. Find hope here. And uh, we hope that you're doing that. Well, I want to get started today because we have a big topic that we are going to. We have a great guest that's actually going to be uh, coming on uh, in just a second here. Um, but I want to talk about the Roe versus Wade uh, case that is going to be actually coming Uh, up to the Supreme Court again uh, through another case, the Mississippi case. We're going to be talking about that. But I want to talk about um, abortion. I want to talk about uh, what is happening in our nation as we are seeing a turn. uh, You know, Roe versus Wade uh, went into effect in the '70s, and uh, and really since then, there's been a few things here and there that that maybe gave those that are in the pro-life uh, position um, a little bit of hope. For them but but for the most part, it has been a dry and thirsty land when it comes to this topic. And and just over the last say four to five years, um, there has been a movement, um, and God has been doing some things that have pushed the conversation af- ahead. Uh, in a way that only God could do, uh, but it also has created this um, this uh, this opportunity, let's say, that for the first time uh, since 73, I believe it was 73, that there is a great opportunity, a huge opportunity uh, to finally put this what I call mass murder um, to rest. I want you to think about this. Um, unborn babies have been aborted since 1973. Think about that. 63 and a half million. And the the number is so crazy and outrageous. It's kind of hard to put our thoughts around that number. We know that it's big, but but I want you to think about this. I I saw this uh, stat the other day. That, that, that 63 million, and a half million, and the number continues to grow on a daily basis, that that total, folks, is the equivalent of the population of Canada, Ireland, El Salvador, Haiti, and Jamaica combined. Canada, Ireland, El Salvador, Haiti, and Jamaica combined. That is how many unborn babies have been aborted. You could take the population of all those five countries— and it'd be decimated. It's the equivalent of five countries that have been slaughtered, and the victims are unborn babies who have been killed in the womb. That, my friends, is something that breaks the heart of God. And that's something that must break ours as well. And I want to hear from you today on this. I I, I, I know we have a, a really unique, um, what I would call a cornucopia uh, of listeners on KKLA every day, but I want to hear from you, uh, audience, uh, that your position on abortion. I want to hear what you have to say. I want to hear— Uh, your thoughts on the matter, Um, because I know that different people have different views, even in the Christian world. But I want to talk about that. I don't want to necessarily debate. We can go back and forth a little bit. But I want to talk about this is a huge issue. And there's a lot that the Bible does say about it. And this is an issue for our day. And so we're going to be talking about that in this first hour. But that conversation is much more robust if you call. So I want you to give us a call. At 888-52-TALKS, that's eight 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 five two eight two five five seven. 528 2557 or shoot us an email at SoCalLive at KKLA.com. Two of my favorite passages where God emphasizes the value of life in the womb and uh, His compassionate care for the preborn is—there's many, but just a couple that stand out to me are Jeremiah 1, Verse 4 and 5. And these are verses that really, when I became an adult and really uh, was able to cognitively put uh, thoughts together in a way that I was able to create my own belief system and my own relationship with God. Um, Jeremiah 1, 4 4 and 5, and also uh, Isaiah 49, the last part of verse 1. But both both passages are astonishingly similar. And I I believe, you know, we can't, you you know, why am I giving these first two, you know, passages of Scripture? Because As we sit here and we do a live show called SoCal Live uh, where we take issues that are happening in our culture – and we, and we have a biblical perspective about them. You know, a lot of times—and we have a lot of ideas and opinions. And we, we're going to talk about that today on both hours. We're going to talk about different opinions on stuff. But at the core of it all, if we're going to have a biblical perspective about a current issue, we must use the Bible. That's in the word biblical perspective, not Ed's perspective, uh, not your perspective, but a biblical perspective. But both passages, uh, Jeremiah 1 and Isaiah 49, are astonishingly similar, really, and they're both prophets— but each prophet the prophets are, are reflecting uh, on their call that they got. And, and Jeremiah's account reads like this. It says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb— And these are the verses that you've heard before, I'm sure. But it says, Now the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you, and before you were born, I consecrated you. I appointed you a prophet to the nations." And Isaiah similarly writes with the same kind of pattern of thought, really. It almost sounds like it's the same, same thing, but it's not. It's two d- different prophets, different times. says this, Isaiah 49, last part of verse 1 says, The Lord called me from the womb. Think about that. The Lord called me from the womb, from the body of my mother. He named my name. Both Jeremiah and Isaiah consistently heard from the Lord. We know that. They were used mightily for God. They were God's mouthpiece for for his people. But in their, their own personal intimate relationship, personal relationship with God, both of them were convinced that they were appointed, not when they were 15, 10, 5, 20, 25, 30, whatever the thought may be, but they were appointed to do the work that they were supposed to do for the kingdom of God while they were still in their mother's womb. It's a powerful truth. Both of the prophets write as if from God's perspective that there's no barrier, there's no difference between prenatal and postnatal life. It's life. That God sees life from the moment of conception. And and the biblical idea that God can form a personal relationship uh, with his people— in the womb is further evidence that preborn children possess full personhood. And, you know, and this was the kind of the thought that really got me uh, when I was a young adult, the, the concept or the thought, and maybe this kind of rings true for you, but this thought that, that God had a relationship with me before I even had a relationship with Him. He had a relationship with me before I even knew about God, because He formed me and He knew me in my mother's womb, and He called me even in my mother's womb to do what I'm doing today. But the great news is this, that there have been more state pro-life laws enacted in 2021 than in any year since 1973. That's good news. That's good news. We're seeing a lot of positive movement in the pro-life arena over the last half a decade like never before. And so this past week, uh, the March of Life held their 49th annual uh, march in D.C., and some estimates... Uh, have the number at around 150,000 150, participants, and that's in a COVID time, right? Over 150,000 participants, which is incredible, incredible in the world that's going on right now. The nation's largest annual pro-life event in Washington, D.C. is held on or around the anniversary of Roe v.ersus Wade, the 1973 Supreme Court ruling that legalized abortion na- nationwide. And this 49th anniversary of this march, think about this, folks, could be the last. That's my prayer. There's some huge cases that are on the docket of the Supreme Court in the next few months, and we're going to be talking about that. And uh, But before we go to Christina, uh, our, our guest that's going to be here, um, I want to go to Jean really quick in L.A. She uh, wants to talk real quick. Jean, uh, hey, I'm going to have you on real quick before, um, before our, our special guest is going to come. So tell us what's going on real quick.
2: Um, yes, hi. Um, I had an abortion years ago back in 87, which I always will regret, because I know it's a mortal sin and it's murder. But what I want to say is that I don't hear it mentioned in the pulpits anywhere mm. that, you know, you're all, I always hear in the Catholic Church, and you know, I'm Catholic, uh, about pro-life and all that, but I never hear about fornication. Mm. And, you know, men are off the hook either,
1: yeah, and they need right.
2: to realize fornication is a, is a sin. And that's breathing a life. When women get pregnant, they're just as responsible for that baby. So they need to take responsibility, and I need to hear it on the pulpit. Fornication is a sin. Amen, Jane. And, and, you know, having, I come from that generation where with was sex, love, and rock and roll, but look what happened. Mm. Look what happened, and my generation was probably the worst. And then on down, now these younger uh, kids are finally realizing you know hey they screwed up but it's sad because there aren't as many uh kids nowadays as when i from the baby boomer generation which i come from and and we are all facing the consequences of this sin and where are the people in the church you know we're saying why are the kids not there well you know when do you ever hear a priest or Preacher ever saying fornication is a sin.
1: Yeah, and hey, you
2: better stop living with your boyfriend and girlfriend because you're committing a sin. And what happens? The woman gets pregnant. She gets embarrassed. Oh, I can't let anyone see me like this. And is it wrong? Yes, of course.
1: Yeah, hey, Gene, listen, you're a firecracker. I love it. You know what, Gene, you're 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 spitting out a lot of truth. You know, you are you sure you're not called to be a preacher? Are you sure about that? <laughs> now, Gene, you're doing. Uh, you're absolutely right. Um, it, 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 we have got to get to a point in our pulpits, and I and we're actually going to be talking about that in our in our second hour a little bit with regards to how the church has changed and needs to change moving forward. But you're right, Gene. Um, listen, uh, we have an issue, and and we have to. And I'm saying this as a a, a pastor, a preacher as well. Uh, we do that very much at our church, but you're right. The majority of pulpits across America and really across the world, we got to get back to really, you know, we we can preach the truth of God's word and holiness and righteousness with with and have it mixed with love and kindness. And and we got to do more of that. We got to do more. Gene, thanks so much for the call. Please give us a call. I loved, I loved your take. Appreciate that. Well, uh, we have a special guest now. uh, We uh, today we're supposed to have Lila Rose. Uh, She's the president and and founder of uh, of Live Action. And uh, unfortunately, last minute she couldn't do the show. We they promised we're going to get her back on the show uh, next time, maybe next month, or or we'll have her on soon. But but I'm excited because it's kind of like uh, you know. Babe Ruth had to sit down and the pinch hitter, everybody's excited, but the pinch hitter coming up was like Hank Aaron. And because, let me tell you, Christina Bennett, she is awesome. Christina is a member of the National Black Pro-Life Coalition, has been active in the pro-life movement for over 15 years uh, serving as a pro-life prayer missionary, client services manager for a pregnancy resource center, as well as the communications director for the Family Institute of Connecticut. She now serves as news correspondent for Live Action, a 501c3 human rights nonprofit, and the digital leader of the global pro-life movement. Let me tell you, you need to go on Instagram right now, follow Live Action. They've got so much great information. Go online, go to their website. But I want to bring Christina on the air. Christina, how are you doing?
3: I'm doing well. Thank you for having me
1: on. Thank you so much. I want to thank you. I don't know if you heard what I said. You know, uh, Lila uh, could not be here today, and uh, and we were bummed about that. But I go, it's kind of like... You know, Babe Ruth had to sit down because he got an injury. But uh, coming up to the plate to pinch hit is Hank Aaron, and that—that uh, <laughs> that, that is you. I'm
3: grateful to. I'm grateful to fill in for her. She's an amazing woman. I'm grateful to help whenever I can.
1: Oh, you're incredible. We have we we appreciate you. You're a friend of the show. You were on it before and you did such a great job. And we thank you for being here. Well, let's get to it. Before our first break, we can at least talk about a, a couple things here, uh, Christina. Um, Tell us a little bit about the the, the March for Life, uh, a little bit about its history, but also last week's march, it uh, supposedly had over 150,000 people, uh, and and, uh, so tell us a little bit about that.
3: Sure, well, it was the 49th annual March for Life, and the theme was Equality Begins in the Womb, and that was a really powerful theme, just showcasing the fact that we deserve children's human deserves equal justice under the law, which is what our Constitution promises us, and we don't have it for the unborn child, but we want them to have that. They're worthy of it. Mm. We had hundreds of thousands of people who came, like you mentioned, from all over the country, really. I was talking to people from Florida, from California, young people, older people, Protestant, Catholic, black, white. There was just so many different types of people, and they endured you know, the freezing cold weather, to be able to march and to stand up for children. It was really a beautiful thing. There was a rally beforehand and some really awesome speakers. You know, Kirk Cameron was one of the speakers. He's just one of my personal favorites from the movies that he's done. And they had a number of different amazing speakers, and it was just a really powerful day.
1: That's so good, yeah. For those of you just uh, tuning in right now, this is Ed Carlson. You're listening to SoCal Live here on... Uh, 99.5 KQLA, and we're discussing last week's March for Life as well as the upcoming Supreme Court hearings on the case out of uh, Mississippi that will lead right into the June hearings um, on Roe versus Wade. Uh, if you want to get on the discussion, please give us a call. Give us a call right now at 888 talks That's 888-528-2557. Or email us at SoCalLive at com. Christina, um, talk a little bit to the audience. We just have a couple minutes before our break. But uh, tell a, t- give the audience a little bit of history with the Roe versus Wade. Many people don't realize that the, the – the case was really a right to privacy issue, correct?
3: Right, absolutely. So Norma McCorvey, she is the Roe in Roe v. Wade, and then Sandra Cano is the Doe in Doe v. Bolton, and they were sister cases, and Roe legalized abortion, and then Doe made it possible for people to have abortions all the way up into nine months. Of course, that varies based on what state you're in, but yeah. it is part of Roe and Doe, that you can have abortions all the way up into nine months. And both of these women, both Norma McCorvey and Sandra Cano, they both have passed on. Um, they're no longer with us on Earth. They both were used by a larger industry, and they didn't fully understand what was going on. And in both cases, they did not get abortions for the child that they mm. were carrying. Sandra Kano. Doe versus Bolton didn't even know that she was the doe in that case until years later because she was so distanced from it. And Norma McCorvey, she was just used as a pawn because they wanted to find a woman that they could say was raped. And that was a lie. She was never raped. But they wanted to find someone that they could just use in Texas as an excuse to push abortion. And unfortunately, they manipulated her and she was used for that purpose. And later, ended up regretting that it's really a very horrible case and based on complete
1: lies a lot of people don't know that christina like they, they just right they, they they don't you know it, it it wasn't that long ago but it was a good distance 73 1973 is uh, quite a distance and people don't realize the real story of how this came into being it, it it almost it's like a forget it how you fall on the on the moral side of it it, it really almost sounds like a miscarriage of justice really it it sounds like yeah, something that you'd find in a, a movie. that's way
3: to describe it. It's the perfect way to describe it. And people aren't aware because it's been packaged and marketed to us as women's rights and women's empowerment. But here you have these two women who were really, again, used by powerful forces and lawyers and attorneys who really wanted to push abortion. And that's not what they really desired, these two women. And so it's very tragic that we have been sold alive for so many years and it's been packaged in a way for us to think that this is liberation when truly it is just the greatest form of injustice in our
1: day. Yeah, I I said in my opening, uh, Christina, over 63.5 million babies, which is the equivalent to five nations. I think it's Canada, uh, Haiti, uh, Ireland... El Salvador and another one. All of the the population of those five countries combined is how many babies have been aborted since 1973. That that's outrageous, it's
3: just unbelievable. It's hard to wrap breaks my mind around that kind of a loss.
1: It is. It, it breaks my heart. Now, now, I, I don't know if you're aware. Uh, maybe you do, and, I, and if anybody knows, you would know. What was the breakdown, real quickly? If you know, we've got about 30 seconds here. What was the breakdown of the court? Uh, at that time in 73 when this passed this really great miscarriage of justice took place well
3: at that time it was all males i know that for sure and i can't remember exactly what the number was but obviously majority of them an all-male court voted for roe i was actually just talking about this in a speech that i gave when i was in dc and a lot of people don't realize that they actually took the 14th amendment which is what guaranteed the right to citizenship for African Americans, they took that and they created out of that this false right to privacy to justify Roe v.ersus Wade. So it's really insane that an amendment that was used to help black Americans then was twisted in 1973 by this court, all-male court, and now is being used to support abortion, which is the number one killer of black Americans. So So especially me as a black woman, it's just insane to me that, like you said, miscarriage of justice to take the 14th Amendment and to create a false right to privacy, which is devastating our community,
1: so evil. Yeah, I want to talk about that a little bit more when we come back back, back from the break. Uh, we're talking with Christina Bennett uh, about the uh, issue of abortion or March for Life, the Roe versus Wade uh, stuff that's going to be coming back to the Supreme Court. And we're going to continue that conversation with Christina Bennett from Live Action. Uh, we want you to give us a call. We want to hear from you at 888 talks That's 888-528-2557. And, uh, but don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after the break as your Thursday edition of SoCal Live continues. Welcome back, everybody. This is Ed Carlson, your host today and tomorrow here on KKLA. This is SoCal Live, and uh, you're listening to it on KKLA and uh, KPRZ in San Diego. We uh, have been discussing last week's March for Life in Washington, D.C., uh, and the upcoming cases at the Supreme Court, and specifically the case in June we're going to be talking about that could see an end to Roe versus Wade. And, and I if you – Want to jump in on the conversation? We had a great call earlier from Gene. I know that you have something. Uh, no, this is a topic that all of us um, has a position on for sure, and uh, we want to hear from you. So give us a call at eight 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 fifty two talks. That's eight eight eight. 528 2557, or shoot us an email as well at socallive at kkla.com, uh, and we'll get that question or comment as well. So, two ways to do it you can do it uh, via uh, email, shoot us to us, and we'll get it on the air that question or comment. Or if you want to be live on the show, we can do that as well. We want to hear from you. Uh, that's what that's uh, at the end of it. We want to hear from you, uh, Southern California. So, I'm excited to have with me today for this uh, first hour Christina Bennett from Live Action. I want to get back to it. Uh, Christina, real quickly, I don't feel like we gave it enough time at the back end of our first segment with regards to – we were talking about the right to privacy issue that really was uh, used for black Americans, but it, how it kind of turned sideways and used against them. Talk about that a little bit more, and then we'll kind of move on to some other stuff.
3: Sure. And you also asked me what the vote was in Roe versus Wade, and I, I couldn't remember, but it was seven to two. So oh, wow. wow. Unfortunately, seven justices decided that unborn children were not worthy of protection. Here we are oh. today, almost 50 years later, still fighting that decision. Yeah, yeah. But yes, yeah, so unfortunately, there was an earlier case before Roe v. Wade called Griswold v. Connecticut. That's where I'm from, Connecticut. Yeah. And that case had to do with birth control, and basically in that case they established that there was a right to privacy, that there was zones of privacy that women had, And one of them was regarding their reproductive health and decisions and whether or not they would have children and how many children they would have. Because prior to this, um, in the 1930s or the 1940s, even birth control was illegal in the United States. And Margaret Sanger, when she was actually targeting the black community and when she had her Negro project, she wasn't pushing abortion because she understood that America was not ready for abortion yet. And, that if she, and, in fact, they called abortion killing. They were very clear that a, abortion was killing, abortion was murder. So they tried to push birth control in the black community for the same purpose, to limit the community's growth and to cause them to decline. So that sort of established the ideas of zones of privacy. And then, again, in 1973, the court pulled from Griswold v. Connecticut and they said that a woman had a zone of privacy from the 14th Amendment that, you know, in other amendments as well, that guaranteed her the right to be able to control what she wants to do with her body and make these decisions. And then they pretty much put a framework of, you know, trimesters that in the first trimester, you know, abortion should be legal and the state Uh, can't interfere, but then they said as it got closer to, you know, the second and third trimester that certain states could decide if they, you know, wanted to rule in different ways um, based on the health of the mother or based on the, um, the, the unborn child. So now you see across the country that we are divided by states, and so abortion looks very different, even with Roe versus Wade being legal across the whole country. Connecticut compared to Mississippi. Connecticut compared to Texas, New York compared to Texas can com- look completely different. So mm. I'm in a very pro-abortion state. So even with Roe, when Roe's over- overturned one day, one day soon, when Roe's overturned, abortion will still be legal in our state because it's codified in the state law. Whereas other states, when Roe's overturned, You'll
1: see abortion overturned in their state. Yeah, which is exciting, and so that kind of segues perfectly. I want to talk about the Mississippi case that is before the Supreme, uh, the Supreme Court, and I want to talk some details of what it could mean. The, the conservative majority Supreme Court appeared willing uh, to side with Mississippi's abortion ban, which restricts beyond what Roe v. Wade allows. Uh, and the the Justice decision in, in Dobbs, I believe it's Dobbs versus Jackson Women's Health, is that correct? Yes. Yeah. Yep. Uh, mm-hmm. Is due in late June. And that could overturn the country's landmark abortion rights cases, making way for uh, what, what – which is we, – we embrace, those in the pro-life side, but yes. more restrictive state laws protecting the rights of the unborn in the womb. And so uh, yes. according to some, some reports that, that I've read and, and I'm sure that you've, heard, you've had your hand on as well, but uh, Chief Justice John Roberts – I'm reading this from a report that came out. Chief Justice John Roberts appeared to be seeking a middle ground argument – while the other five conservative justices, including um, uh, appointed Trump's appointees of Neil Gorsuch, uh, Brett Kavanaugh, and Amy Co- uh, Coney Barrett, signaled that they may be ready to overturn Roe and fell landmark abortion case Planned Parenthood versus Casey. So, uh, Christina, give us some depth a little bit on, on what I just said. Uh, make it make sense to all of our listeners, uh, and, and give sure. us some depth on the Mississippi case. What, what's the core of the argument in that case?
3: well i will say you know for the supreme court the supreme court has really changed drastically and we owe a lot of that to president trump's picks um i know there's very many people who voted for president trump based on the supreme court i was one of those people that um my primary voting reason was i really wanted him to appoint pro-life justices and he fulfilled that promise and so we have justices that are looking at roe and i believe willing to, to overturn it, um, who care about adoption, like Justice Barrett, who are having these discussions in the court, and that's a very beautiful thing. Yep. As you mentioned, the Dobbs case is banning abortion um, at 15 weeks and, and after, which I think it's worth mentioning that that is very normal um when it comes to the rest of the world, mm. so the United States is only one of seven countries in the entire world that does abortions past twenty weeks so crazy. most of the world does not do abortions as far as we do, so we are very, very radical, so of course, people are making it seem like this is the you know the the most oppressive thing to, for women, but really, no, America has very radical abortion um access and abortion bills and so this would make us closer to the way that the rest of the world is and we have hope to believe that the justices will rule in favor now if you're going to pray for one particular justice i would say for people to focus on john roberts because um he's sort of in a sense become like a swing judge in my opinion um like kennedy used to be and so you don't exactly know what he's going to do or, or where he's going to go. And so I would say that that's a, a person that people can, you know, pray for and, and hope that he will rule in favor of uh, protecting the pre-born child. But when this case gets decided and if the court rules in favor of Mississippi, we will see a chain reaction. We will see, you know, the dominoes fall, so to speak. And there are other states possibly 20 or so, that are waiting and watching Mississippi to follow their example. And it'll be like, sort of like pre-Civil War, you know, America, in the sense where you had your anti-slavery states and you had your, you know, your states that were for slavery. We will see the country um, become like that, in a sense, where we have states that are pro-abortion and states that are pro-life. But I think it's a really good thing if it returns to the States because yes. then at least imagine if, you know, half the country didn't allow abortion. First of all, you're talking about thousands and thousands of lives saved every day. But also growing up for young for our young generation, growing up for teenagers, they're going to know that this is not okay across the board that there's a, a fight that half of the country thinks it's wrong and maybe half the country thinks it's okay, and so they're going to have to decide, which is very different compared to how I grew up. I was born in 1981, and so many people in my generation, we didn't even question it because it's, oh,
2: it's law. if you yeah. don't come
3: from yeah. a pro-life family, it's just, this is what everyone believes. This is what the government says is okay. So it's important for people to know that it's not
1: okay. Yeah, I feel like you read my notes because one of the things I was saying here, according to the uh, Guttmacher Institute, if Roe were weakened or overturned, 21 states would almost certainly ban abortion as quickly as possible based on current laws and yeah. constitutional amendments. So, and some states have more than one ban in place. So the group argues that five more states, even Florida, Indiana, Montana, Nebraska, Wyoming, would likely ban abortion statewide as well, which would bring the total to more than half of all states in our country, yeah, it's would ban abo- which is would be crazy. A beautiful.
3: That would be a beautiful thing to behold. Oh, yeah. And... The the fact that you have that many states that are willing to ban abortion, just let the court allow them to, and they are willing to do it, it goes to show you that almost 50 years later, you know, that that so many Americans are totally not okay with abortion. They are opposed to it. They've never been okay with it. And it goes to show you that the pro-life movement has been relentless, that we've never given up from generation to generation, we've been fighting for the protection of preborn children and we are at a very crucial, important moment and we can't, we can't shrink back. We yeah. have to just keep on going and keep on fighting because this is a, a turning point for
1: us. It, it really is. I feel even on a spiritual level, it is a huge turning point. You're absolutely right. And a lot of that is because of people like you, Christina, doing the work for years and years, as well as live action, doing tremendous work and really beginning to move the tide uh, on this situation. It, really, I, I think almost making, I think everybody always felt like that, but really beginning to educate people. That's a big thing. That's why I want to encourage everybody, listen, yeah. go on live action. They got so much great information that you can send to friends, family members, even for yourself to educate yourself to say, because I, I get it. It's a big issue. Uh, there's a lot of legalities that were involved and all this kind of different stuff, but they've got such great uh, information on there to uh, be able to educate you, so that you can have the conversations. And, and folks, let me tell you, we are we are in a a unique time. It's almost an Esther moment, right? We were born for such a time as this. Yeah, and we got a lot of work to do. Well, when we come back, we're still going to be taking your calls. Listen, I want to hear from you, uh, L.A. I want to hear from you, Southern California, San Diego. Give us a call at 888-52-TALKS. That's 888-52-TALKS. Or shoot us an email at SoCalLive uh, at KKLA.com. We want to hear from you. Uh, Be able to Maybe you have a question for Christina or myself. We'd love to hear uh, hear from you. But uh, give us a call, Orange County, San Diego, Mexico, wherever you're at. We want to hear from you. We're going to be right back, so don't go anywhere. We'll be right back after this break as your Thursday edition of SoCal Live continues. Welcome back, everybody. It is so good to be with you. Today, we're talking with Christina Bennett from Live Action. And uh, before we get back to her, I want to uh, play an audio clip. And so, Wilbert, if you have that audio clip, I want to play this audio clip really quick from uh, Lila Rose. When you got it, let me know and uh, we'll play it. But I want to play that. It was a, from a CBN News broadcast, and that was Lila Rose. Here you go.
3: The Court made the announcement Monday, which comes by way of a challenge to a Mississippi law. And with the current 6-3 conservative makeup of the court, the outcome could be different this time. That law limits access to abortion after 15 weeks of pregnancy and challenges fetal viability as the standard for abortion. You can't legislate away an entire group of human beings' rights, the children children that are in the womb. Lila Rose, president of Live Action on CBN's Faith Nation. It's time for the law and the Supreme Court to catch up with science, which is crystal clear that human life begins before birth. Uh, and that the only difference between a preborn child, whether that child is 10 weeks old, 15 weeks old, or moments before birth, and us, a born human being, is our age and our level of development. The Mississippi case does not directly challenge the current legal right to an abortion, but it could lay the groundwork for more restrictions. And if Roe v. Wade were to be overturned, abortion would become a state issue. Ultimately, the hope is that the Supreme Court will take the handcuffs off the states and allow them to pass laws
1: that reflect the values of the people that live there. That was a CBN News broadcast, and that was Lila Rose in a recent interview with them. And that really, in a nutshell, is what we're talking about today. What a, we have a landmark opportunity. Uh, you know, uh, Christina, you're there, still there. Um, so I, I had, uh, just a, interesting enough, I had a friend of, of mine uh, send me uh, the justices and that 7-2 ruling. Interestingly enough, a lot of people don't know this. Uh, basically, a largely conservative court at that time legalized abortion, which is devastating. Number one, but here, here so they, were. Bad. yeah, here they were. Uh, Harry Blackman, who was uh, uh, put in by Nixon, uh, Warren Berger, also put in by Nixon. William Douglas was put in by FDR. William Brennan was put in by Eisenhower. Uh, uh, P- uh, Potter Stewart uh, put in by Eisenhower as well. Thurgood Marshall. Uh, put in by LBJ and Lewis Powell, put in by Nixon. Those are seven. The dissenting uh, votes on that were uh, Byron White, uh, put in by Kennedy, uh, interestingly enough, uh, and William Rehnquist, who was also the chief justice under Reagan. So that's a breakdown. Um, And so as is the case with even as we look in the Bible, uh, a lot of times future generations have to uh, uh, correct uh situations done by uh their forefathers and uh and that's where yes, that's where absolutely. we are today that's where we are today so christina when, when we hear these monumental events coming up it almost seems so much bigger than us um that i think sometimes people tell themselves that there's nothing that they can still do right Uh just be kind of mm-hmm. it's like kind of got so big now it's like out of our hands but that's just not true what what else can people do leading up to this supreme court date in june
3: Well, we have to remember that giants are made to fall, and just like David took his little slingshot, and he flung it, and it hit Goliath in the head, and he fell over, and uh, God was with David and gave him the victory. God is with us, and we also can have the victory, so we can't be intimidated by these giants of the abortion industry and Planned Parenthood and everything else. There's so much that you can do. I love how you mentioned being educated and you talked about the work that Live Action does because being educated is the one of the most important things because otherwise, if you don't know what's happening in your state, you don't know your state laws, you don't know what's going on, you don't know how many women are having abortions, sometimes it's hard to, to, to help. I know for me, I didn't grow up in a family that I didn't know anything about abortion. And so the first thing that I did was I researched. The first thing that I did was I talked to women I began to better understand what was going on, understand the laws in my own state and what was going on across the country. So I would encourage people to do that. Again, they can go on liveaction.org. We have a a news site. So every single day you can read articles that are relevant, that can inform you, that you can have up-to-date information on what's going on in the abortion fight. In addition to that, I would encourage you to specifically find out, like I mentioned, what's going on in your state what are the laws in your state do they have waiting periods do they have parental notification laws or parental consent laws does medicaid pay for abortions or do they not what's going on in your state where are the crisis pregnancy centers where are the maternity homes where are the churches that are pro life who's doing what find out who is doing what and connect with them work with them everyone has different skills so you may feel called to volunteer at a pregnancy center You may feel called to start a pro-life group at a college campus, or you may feel called to be a lobbyist and go into your Capitol building and talk to your state reps and talk to your senators and push pro-life legislation or fight anti-life legislation. Everyone has different skills, but pray and ask the Lord, if you're a believer, what am I supposed to do? Even if you're not, you know, we have lots of atheists and secular people and all sorts of different people in this movement. It's a very diverse movement. Everyone plays a part. So, again, I would just encourage them to research, educate, know what's going on in their own community. Think about what your skill set is and your passions, and then find out what other people are doing around you and join
1: in. Yeah, so good. That's so good. You know, one thing that everybody can do everybody can educate themselves. Right. right everybody can educate themselves and, and and let me say everybody can pray Um, here's the deal I I live in California Uh, Christina you're in Connecticut you couldn't get two more liberal than those two states right I mean throw New York up there right (laughs) and there's some times where I feel like I feel like I'm a a missionary in Nineveh I feel like I'm Jonah right and so if you're sitting in those states if you're listening right now maybe you're listening even across the nation uh, through iHeartRadio or or through the through our KKLA app listen I get the fact that when you're in California or in places like that it can feel overwhelming you just go like I, I get it even sometimes like what's the point of even voting you know out here in California, it's a a two to two to one ratio of, of liberal to conservative uh, voters. And so, but here's what I would say to that. Um, I get, I get that. And my heart goes out to you because I feel the same way too. But here's the deal. Uh, If we are Bible believing Jesus centric folks, here's the deal. Um, God is able to turn the hearts of even evil Kings in the Bible. Um, And we can't do it, but God can. And I know that seems like out of, out of, out of, the possibilities but listen God has said himself he says listen nothing is impossible for him and so my prayer is that God would turn the hearts uh, of people and, and and here's what I know listen one or more things are going to happen folks we 63 and a half million babies are aborted God does not look on that look on that blindly uh, there is a, a a come up and said will be coming uh, and, and my fear is, Christina, that you know, for this nation, um, if God is a God of justice, he's a God of grace, he's has God of love, but he's also a God of justice. My concern yeah. is, is right there, and it really comes down to that one issue, is the issue of abortion. And so we got to do a lot. Now, Now I'd like to say this. we just got a few minutes left here. Uh, the, the de- I believe the devil never goes away silently and without a fight, right? So, uh, and I, I believe he knows his time is, is, is coming to an end. But what is happening in this fight real quickly, Christina, from the other side that perhaps the general public doesn't see? Well, in other words, like, what are they doing to it's combat what's happening or even swaying the court or at minimum swaying voters?
3: That's a really great question. I'm glad that you brought it up because what they're doing is they're pushing the abortion pill. Unfortunately, Mm. the FDA is behind this push, and they have allowed the abortion pill to go out through mail. And just recently, pro-abortion activists, it's very strange, but they're taking the pill or pretending to take the pill in public places. So Mm. there was a few pro-abortion activists at the Supreme Court for the Dobbs rally, and they took the abortion pill supposedly they said that they're taking it in front of everyone and then just recently a pro-life activist rebecca kiesling was on an interview with a pro-abortion activist and she the pro-abortion activist her name is Jax, and she's a former satanist she just on air took the abortion pill and the host said you know are you are you really pregnant are you, you know it's just he was, wasn't sure if this was a joke or if she was just being dramatic and and she said yes this will end the pregnancy and mm. so We don't know exactly what they're doing, but we do know that they are trying to normalize the abortion pill, and they're trying to make it seem—one thing that I saw online in Connecticut was an advertisement that said, taking the abortion pill is safer than taking a Tylenol, which is absolutely a lie. There are women who have lost their fertility from the abortion pill. There are women who have hemorrhage. There are women who have had fetal remains left inside of them and had to go to the hospital because of taking the abortion pill. There are over 20 women that have died because of the abortion pill. And so it's a complete lie that this is something that's harmless and normal, but they are trying to normalize it because they know that Their days are limited for Roe, and they want to send it out through the mail, and they want to put it in communities, almost like the way that illegal drugs are are pushed in communities now.
1: Now, This is a – listen, I'll say it. This is is a satanic work, man. It is. I I, I don't – you know, I know maybe some people are listening – Will have an issue with me saying that, but but this is it's satanic. I don't I don't. There's no ifs ands or buts about it. We, we, right, we, right. It's interesting. I always tell people if you have a position on something, uh, see who is following your position. Like that says a lot, right? Uh, you know, if I have the yep. satanic church that is supporting the right to abortion, that, 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 that should alarm me a little bit. Yes. Um, you know, so that should, I, be a
2: sign. that
1: should be a sign for me. Well, Christina, man, I wish that we had so much more time. Listen, I, I, I as I said before, I'm going to have you on the show time and time again, as much as I can. This please. is a, this is an please issue please for do. me uh, that I think is, it, it is the human rights issue of our time and and we have I got agree. to do something about it. And I am so appreciative uh, at, at, and we're at a KQLA is so appreciative of what you, uh, are doing, Christina, as well as Lila and everybody else at Live Action. Uh, please give them our 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 heart, our love, our thanks, all I of will. that for what they're doing. And, uh, yeah, anyway, thank you so much, Christina, and uh, we will talk really soon.
3: You're welcome. Thank you for
1: having me. God yeah, bless. God bless. Well, folks, listen, uh, that, that wraps up uh, our first hour. And, listen, um, man, it, I— I get so passionate about this topic and I think we should because it's at the heart of God God loves you so much I want you to know that God loves you so much and from the very womb uh, He has called you He has called you to be His own and so if you're out there today and, and you don't feel like you have any hope listen God loves you so much that even before you knew God existed, before you were even born, He loved you so much that He breathed life into you. And He says, listen, I love you and I want a relationship with you, and I want to use you in a powerful way. So uh, when we come back, we're going to be talking with my good friend Carl Vaders and talking about the future of the church and some trends that we have have arisen since the pandemic. We want to hear your thoughts about that. So don't go anywhere. We'll be right back with our second hour after this break as your Thursday edition of SoCal Live continues.